I swore I wasn't going to cry again this service. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know if you've ever been caught between fear and anger and had it rock you back and forth before, but I saw more than one person crying. And I don't know if you've had that journey of moving from that place to having love find you with no explanation. Broke the chains. Freed you to be a new person, so that today you can have your eyes open to beauty. Today you can have your hearts open to love, unexpected. Today your soul can sing. Your soul can sing because you've been freed over and over and over again because the chains try to come back. And love is still there to free you each and every time. We have quite, quite a few 10 days this past 10 days. Within the last 10 days, we have had four weddings and a funeral. And sometimes it was just like a movie. But four weddings and a funeral. I want to give you some numbers. 43, 25, 11, 25, and 88. It's not a combination. But... The couples who'd been together 43 years, 25 years, 11 years, 25 years, and it just so happens that each of these four couples got married on their anniversaries in the last 10 days. And then we had four weddings, and then we had a funeral at which we were reminded that love is the reason for life. We had a funeral for Joe Walls yesterday, and Joe has been alive 88 years. 88 years. You may remember him sitting up here on the second pew where the brooch is attached to his spot. And if you don't remember Joe's glitter, come take a look. It's part of what he brought to our lives as a church. But in the ser store service yesterday, they shared that Joe and Otto learned about love over the entirety of their life that Joe had shared, he realized he didn't know he was really in love with Otto until about 40 years in. He thought he was in love, and then he thought he was in love again, and he thought he was in love again, and surely he was, but he really didn't know it till about the fourth decade. You ready to find that kind of love? That kind of love that God has for all of us that lifts us up and works with us our whole life long so that we may truly believe it. Four weddings and a funeral. Interesting what church can be like. So Paul is writing to the Corinthians. We've been talking about it for, this is the third week, and we'll talk some more next week. We've been doing chapters 12 and 13, famously known as the love chapters, particularly chapter 13. And what Alina read for us uh, the beginning of it, the first verses are that familiar, love is kind, you know, love, and love is not irritable, love is not boastful, all those, that poetry that Paul calls people into. And we have heard it in the last 10 days at at least one of these weddings. We like to put it on a Hallmark card because it's pretty. It's pretty. And when we see it, it reminds us of that person-to-person -person love, you know, and what we hope it can be. And somehow, we just got to remind ourselves, it's not what in the world what Paul was talking about. At all, is what Paul was talking about. He was talking about a group of people who weren't getting along. He was actually saying in this letter, you are irritable. 
You are boastful. You are resentful. And you are arrogant. You know, he's already tried to tell them not to compete with their spiritual gifts. We talked about that on the first Sunday where we all got grape. And we decided that we need to look beneath the wrapper. You know, and then last Sunday we learned that uh, he was telling them to remember that they need one another. That they're all parts of the same body and you can't have the body without it, with anyone missing. And if one person is suffering in the body, then everyone in the body is suffering. So stop trying to be separate. Stop trying to look at your gifts as one above each other's or that you are dispensable or that anyone else is dispensable. Paul is really telling them what it means to be community. So please don't just put it on a Hallmark card. Don't limit it to being romanticized. Hear the words for us as a church. Hear it for your family. Hear it for our country. Hear it for the world because Paul is saying... Tap into God's love. It's the only way for you to have community. It's the only way for you to be able to live in diversity. It's the only way for you to live in difference. Indifference beyond conflict. And stay together. Tap into this love that's beyond all those things. So I'm not trying to ruin this for weddings for you. It's still very pretty. But these people are getting scolded. Lucky enough, the Corinthians get a second letter. And it's much warmer than this one. So we'll do that another time. But for these, this month, we're sticking with 1 Corinthians' letter of Paul to this community that's trying and not quite getting it. Not quite getting what love means. Not quite getting what being a follower of Jesus means. So Paul, in doing this, in this beautiful letter, is saying, think about others. Think beyond yourself. Oh, goodness, open your eyes to the beauty in each one of you. Open your hearts to the wonder in each one of you. Let your souls sing together so that we together are the body of Christ. So he's listing what they've been lacking. I don't know if anyone's ever done that for you, but he's saying, you need to hear this for us to be community together. You need to hear this. You need to think beyond yourself to caring for others. You need to hear this for God to bless you even more fully than you are ready to be blessed now. And then he goes into this thing, are you ready to grow? Are you ready to grow? Are you ready to put away childish things? Are you ready to let go of some of the stuff that you've been doing that hasn't really worked, but you've been doing it for so long you don't know how to stop? Are you ready to grow? Paul says, put away those childish things. Put away those childish things and let's be more mature in our love for God and for the world. Now, let me be clear. He's not saying, put away your life experience. He's not saying, put away and forget whatever experience you've had that were both loving and were both hurtful. He's not saying, ignore injustice in the world. He's saying, relate to these things in your stories and ways that help you shape a new future. Don't let them have a hold of you. You take a hold of them. And use those experiences in your life to shape a new world, to shape a new future, to shape a new family, because they are core to who you are. And you can use that, whatever it was, to transform yourself and transform the world. Do you believe that? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes those things can feel pretty tough. 
but Paul is saying, put away the childish way of being connected to others and yourself, and let's grow a little bit together. So yesterday we had a meeting of adults. I'm telling you that to start off with, they're all adults. And they were the members of our board of directors and the members of our executive team here at Resurrection. So we had um, a, what we call a retreat, but really it was five hours of working on goals for the year. So I think only crazy people call those retreats. So <laughs> you've got a bunch of crazy people as your leaders. So in that meeting, one thing I want to celebrate before I even get, tell you more about it was uh, we appointed the vacancy opening of the board development person to Jessica Jackson, and she's sitting here on the front, front pew, so Jessica. And one of the commitments we've made with one another and to you, you is that we will continue to pray as a part of our process, we will continue to listen to one another and get one another, get to know one another better, because we believe if you know one another better, then you can be in ministry together more faithfully, on your behalf and on God's behalf for love in this world. And so one of the exercises we did was the kind of get to know you icebreaker exercise. Even though we think we know each other, we don't know each other. We know the rapper, we know a few licks in, but beyond that, we still don't really know each other. And so I took a lunch kit, which happened to be the best lunch kit possible. It says how many licks on it. Isn't that perfect for this series? Thank you, Debbie Morelli, for uh, sharing this with us. And I asked them to use this as a talking stick. And so we passed it around the group. And as they were using it as a talking stick, they were supposed to share how they got lunch in elementary school. How they got lunch in elementary school. And after they finished sharing that story, they were to open it and take out one of the lollipops that were inside, you know, as their treat, and pass it on to their neighbor. And so I, the first person was very disappointed that I had forgotten to change, and they were all grape. <laughs> say, we, we celebrate many flavors here. Why are they all grape? So as we told the stories, we got to learn a little bit more about each other. As it went around the circle, you could hear how different we are and how some of those things have affected us today. We had one person who said, I just never even ate in school. He said, I never even ate in school. That food didn't look anything like mom's food at all. And so I just turned my nose up at that food, and I waited until I could get home, and I knew there'd be food on the countertop. They shared that story, and then they took their popsicle out, and they passed it to the next person. Then the next person would say something along the lines of, well, you know, we were too poor. You got three lollipops, good for you. We were too poor to have lunch kits, so we always looked at the kids with lunch kits and thought that they were extra special, you know, and we just knew that we didn't have the capacity to have those in our house. Another one said, well, you know, I made my own lunch. Mom was a working mom and there were two kids, and so, you know, the stuff was in the pantry and we had to put it together, and that's how we got our lunch for school. One talked about a day and a time when they actually Everyone in the city walked to school. This must have been a small town. And then at lunch, they gave elementary kids an hour and a half on their own to walk home and do whatever they wanted. Can you imagine giving elementary school kids an hour and a half in the middle of the day with no parental supervision? <laughs> what were they thinking? But she turned out okay. 
You know, she said, sometimes they ate and sometimes they played. Some of the people talked about how their particular lunch kit didn't match their gender. They were given a lunch kit and they really wanted their brother's lunch kit. It made more sense to Miss Pris that she should have her brother's <laughs> lunch kit. You know, and I won't identify her directly today. But so as they told, told these stories, you heard a part of who they are now. And, you and they heard a part of how they were living those stories these days as adults in this world, how they were helping change the world because of how these things affected them growing up and who they were. One even told the story, so we go from someone who won't eat anything to someone who said, I love the smell of warm bologna and cheese and mayo. <laughs> Any of you ever had one of those bologna and cheese and mayo shirt sandwiches in the middle of the day? I did. I remember that smell. It comes back to you comes back to you. And then one of the persons talked about how they didn't have a parent that could provide lunches. They didn't have a parent that could put those things together for them, and they always saw everyone else's lunch kits, and they thought, that means that that parent, somebody loves them. And what that meant that somebody loved that kid was because I did not have one, I wasn't loved. I didn't have the family that could do that for me. And they talked about the sense and the feeling of what that was like in their family. And they talked about being committed that their younger siblings would not have to go through that, so they made sure their siblings had lunch and wouldn't experience the same thing. And then we got to the part where they were to take out the lollipop and they placed the kit in front of them on the table and they said, I've never opened one of these. I've never opened one of these. I've never opened one of these and taken something out. And in their story, the tears came, and they were surprised by the emotion of what does it mean to even remember a story as a child of being loved, not being loved, and what we need to find healing and I want to tell you in that context of all these adults, these stories were ways of connecting to God. These stories were ways of seeing God in one another. These stories are ways of putting aside childish things, of allowing us to bring into our now, what does it mean to say, I'm not going to let anyone else experience that ever, and I'm going to do what I can to change the world. Some of you have stories just like that and others to share about what it was like for you and what it's like today and what it means to continue growing in that love even from elementary school through high school through college to now. We may think we know love. It may be the first decade in or second decade in, but if we remember Joe's words, I really didn't figure it out till 40 years in. Whatever you think about love this day, you have more to learn. Whatever you know about love today and faith today, you have more to learn. You, learning it, will transform the world. When we look at people beyond the rapper, when we look at people and hear their stories, we start to take more licks into who they are, and then we start to see a little bit more of God in them. 
we start to respond in ways that can be more loving. We might look just at the outside, at what the hair looks like, or the skin color, or the body size, or the grayness, or lack of hair, or whatever it is we see on the wrapper. And then as we get to know more, we start to finally get beyond just the appearances into the soul that can sing with ours if we listen to the stories. So what does it mean to put away childish things? What does it mean to start to think and be differently in the world? How can we do that? I think there are some things that we can look at clearly. Put away childish ways of doing, thinking, and being. Not just doing what's in it for me, but thinking and being about what is best for all. From just what's in it for me to all. I wonder if you have challenges with that sometimes. I know it can be hard. Maybe thinking beyond what this immediate result will give me, immediate gratification, but what will it mean in the future? What will that mean for us? Maybe that's moving from childish way of being to an adult way of being. And maybe, what does it mean not to just be receivers, but to also become sharers, to become responsible partners in what it means to share that love in the world? Maybe we can do and be and think differently and sharing this love that Paul's talking about to that committee, that, that community in Corinth. Goodness, his words might be just right for us. They might be just right for us. Another pastor, the right Reverend Robert Wright, says this, Jesus said we are to believe like children, but he did not say we are to behave like children. Put the uh, quote on the uh, screen, please. For the rest of it, there's a difference between being infatuated with the idea of Jesus and living the love of Jesus taught in the gospel. No, that is a grown-up matter. Sure, we are getting older, but are we growing up? Sure, we're getting older, but are we growing up? In our 40-year loves, will we know it more deeply? Will we know it more completely, we still see, no matter how far we are in, Paul tells us, through a mirror dimly. It's not in focus yet. We can keep trying and keep learning our whole lives the journey, but it's still not quite in focus. What does it mean to love beyond myself, beyond my family, beyond even my church, to love the whole world? What does it mean, can I see with my eyes the beauty of all? And if so, what does it mean for me to respond to that beauty? What does it mean to stand in solidarity with those that are different from me? I like to think of a walking, moving sidewalk in the airport. You know, if you stand on that, what happens to you? You go the opposite direction. If you just get on it and stand on it, you go back to where you came from. What do you have to do to just stay even. Am I thinking of the right one? I'm thinking of an escalator, aren't I? Let's climb together. <laughs> if I just stand still on an escalator, it's going to take me down. And it's going to take me another step down. It's going to take me another step if I'm trying to get up. To even stay even, I have to walk. To get even further ahead, I even have to walk and climb faster. What's true of our world, what's true for all the people that we love who are different from us and ourselves is if we're not walking to make the world change, we're going backwards. 
If we're not walking to make the world change, we're going backwards, and we end up in a worse hole than we were before. So to step just to stay even, to step to go further, oh my goodness, don't let it take you where you don't want to be. As a white man, when I think about not responding to racism in the world, if I just keep my mouth shut, I am swept into history, back into the worst sense of what is possible. As a man, if I don't speak up when I see a woman being sexually harassed or being treated unfairly or hitting a glass ceiling, I am swept into history again. What does it mean to love and stand in solidarity? Standing in solidarity doesn't mean standing. It means moving for change. It means working for change. It means being present in love every chance and opportunity you get. Are you ready to let your soul sing that way? in love for all of God's children and all of God's creation. Are we able to do that? Because I believe that's what Paul is asking the Corinthians to do. He's saying, let's grow up. Let's grow up and know it's not just about us. It's not just about the ones we love and care for. It's about everything that God's created. Can we see beauty in it all? And in so seeing, can we take action so that all may know they are loved? Amen.